wait how do you how do you think i don't understand this now now that we're in here like i need to why i cry so much (laughs) i cry all the time too it's got nothing to do with that feeling who knows desires will come to you hi i'm michelle i'm brianne i'm kelly and you're listening to the mosh pit podcast and now this is where i would use my magical little emo wand to draw our logo in sparkles it actually kind of looks like the 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 little mouse ears you know I'm, i'm really glad uh most of our audience are millennials because they're actually going to understand my references. <laughs> um, you know, I've, I've finally uh, really delved into the world of TikTok. Uh, it took me long enough, right? And um, it has made me realize I am old as fuck and I cannot relate to the youths of today. <laughs> um, I bet you they won't even get that reference either. <laughs> I don't even get that reference. I just think it's funny. My cousin Vinny. Oh, no, that's the Utes. The Utes. Yeah, there you go. All right, fine. Yeah, the Utes of today. I'm like, no, that's a great movie. I know that reference. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what about uh, you guys? What's what's one thing that's happened to you recently that really kind of like made you feel old? Everything hurting all of the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can relate to that right now. Oh. My back hurts. <laughs> I have a small paper cut, and it feels like just everything is wrong with me (laughs) the whole world has gone to shit because i have a paper it's like i can't move my fingers they're like like when i wake up everything is like stiff and it just you know how long have you had this paper cut and why is it still bothering you? no that's that's another ailment it's just like everything is just it's the fact that she has multiple ailments is the fact that she feels old um for me, it was the contents of my mailbox today. Um, it both included my W-2 forms and my notice saying that your homestead tax like refund situation has been automatically renewed for you. So it's basically because I own a house, I get a tax credit or something like that. So just getting my W-2 is a tax credit from owning a home. And oh, also I got a notice saying I need to renew the certificate saying that I have a um, home alarm system with my city. Which is a lot of paperwork that's like, you own a house and you have a mortgage and you make money. And I was just like, fuck. That's a thing. God, being an adult is the worst thing in the world. And I hate it. I'm going to be real room right now and everyone is going to make fun of me for it. I have never done my taxes before because my parents' accountant has like a family rate. Mm. And it's like $100 more than if it was just the two of them. So I just always sent my shit up there. However, last year he fucked up my taxes, so I'm not going back to that douche. So now I've got to do my own taxes, and I'm scared Ooh. as fuck. Turbo tax. I mean, Dude, turbo tax. I do it on credit karma, and it's really easy. I mean, maybe I don't get the biggest refund, 
but I'm probably being screwed over by the U.S. government, but that's fine. You know, whatever. I'd rather get less money back than have to owe money. Like, I'd rather get a smaller return than fuck it up so bad where they're like, yeah. hey, you owe us like $4,000. And I'm just like, Pfft. Yeah, I would never want to do that. I would. <laughs> I, I. They really make you terrified of the IRS. Did you guys know that in, in other countries, the government tells you what you owe? Fuck America, man. They just it let you know. Like they just. They should do. <laughs> Right? They, yeah, no, they just, uh, you know, with all the loopholes for, you know, we're, in case you guys can't haven't realized, we're, uh, we're kind of anti-capitalist, anti-billionaires on this podcast. Because um, it's all the loopholes and things, and, you know, you can get credits for this and that, and deductions for this and the other thing. So, you know, it's a whole industry, a whole business, and that's why it makes it complicated for us poor people who really don't need <laughs> to do our taxes, because I just have a W-2. I don't own a home. Anyways, you know, uh, if that that if that didn't make us sound old, uh, we're gonna continue to make ourselves feel old and um, also seem old during our conversation today. Moshers, you know my intros with the, all the clever allusions and A plus puns have uh, always a, always have a purpose. And uh, in case you did not get my references today, I was referring to the intros of Disney movies and uh, those old school like Disney Channel commercials where, you know, they draw the Mickey Mouse outline. Do they still do that on no, Disney Channel? I don't think so. I don't think so. They're not cool enough to do that still anymore. No, but have have you guys seen the old ones where they take the actual video, they take the Disney ears out and they actually trace the tip of the wand? Yeah. And it's like <laughs> Lizzie McGuire drives like a dick or something. Like it's really bad. <laughs> It's so terrible. They, it's like you never realize like that they don't really match. But it like when when they're finished, it, it looks they for, like it looks perfect. Just... Michelle, you of all people should know that that is movie magic because we do this for a living. I know it's movie magic, but what what do you want me to say? I'm just I'm very impressed by that movie magic. But I guess it's <laughs> Disney. What can you expect, right? They got a big enough budget, right? Anyway, we are of the opinion here on the Mosh Pit that there is a direct correlation between having been a disney fan growing up to whether you became a pop punker and uh as i said while this conversation will definitely date us uh one thing that will never make us feel old is new (laughs) do you see where i'm going with this music First up, on new music, uh, uh, the loves of our lives, a.k.a. Uh, all-time low, if you've never listened to the show before, which, if you haven't, welcome. They spent 18 straight weeks at number one on the alternative airplay charts for Billboard, which is insane. Woo! 18 weeks! Fun fact, uh, this is tied for the third longest streak on the alternative airplay charts. Uh, the only, uh, well, the per- people that they are tied with, first of all, I am beyond shocked that they are tied with these people because I love this band. I love this song. It is like quintessential alternative in my mind. They tied with the Foo Fighters for The Pretender. Seriously, that is like impressive to me because like, in my head, like Foo Fighters are like giants, you know, like they're maybe maybe it's just because we're like aware but maybe not for other people no they definitely are they can't not no, be yeah, for no, other people no. like big this is a yeah. big deal for all time well that's pretty cool they were the yeah. baby of what happened when nirvana ended like if you don't know yeah. who Foo Fighters yeah. are then get the fuck out of here like come on i know i i it's or they're the, very just, or I don't know, you are so, very young i'll take that back either you're old yeah. and get the fuck out of here or you're young and you don't know that generation but still get the fuck out of here but you need to go listen to them <laughs> 
No, I, I know. It's that sometimes, like, you know, I think these bands are huge and, like, everybody knows them. And then I realize they're not. So, but I guess, you know, Foo Fighters definitely, yeah. So, fun fact, though, I forget the bands because I forgot to write them down. However, the longest streak on that chart was only 20 weeks. So they were two weeks away. Oh. We were, they were so close. They were so close. Either way, I'm proud of them regardless. Uh, well, <clears throat> you know who else I love? Justin Courtney Pierre the Motion City soundtrack vocalist who has released a new song, Dying to Know. And uh, not only do I love him, uh, I love his voice. Well, really, honestly, I don't know him. And I, I don't know actually much about him. I never really followed Motion City soundtrack that much. I love his voice so much. It is very particular and it is so easy to pick out of a lineup like as soon as you hear it like especially like i mean as soon as you hear his voice in general but like when you hear this song you can just picture justin pierre's wild hair and you know this song for me had like such a such a motion city soundtrack vibe you know the back and forth the start and stop of the instrumentals you know with those random bursts of overwhelming vocals and guitars and drum and then back to the soft acapella vocals and i yeah i loved it it was really good and um lyrically it was cool um yeah i was a fan yeah totally agree his his voice is just one of those that's so unique and like distinctive it's like definitely one of those that like the second you hear it you know you know who it is and it definitely feels very motion city of course like sometimes i can't like <laughs> i have trouble sometimes separating the vocalist from the band like when people do like side projects and stuff like oh yeah i have a hard time with that so the second i heard it i was like oh this is motion city oh wait it's just the singer but i think even the the drums and guitar in this song too felt very motion city so i like felt like it could have been something they just released under the motion city name but <laughs> um yeah. overall i did really enjoy the song yeah, I totally agree with you, Kill, on that. This is where it gets awkward. Ugh, always, Brianne. Always with the different gotta opinions. Throw, gotta throw in some other opinions here. True, otherwise this podcast would be very boring. So I do, I agree with everyone. His voice is very distinct. It's very awesome. It's so different. But, well, first thing I'm going to mention is it was very strange that it was only a minute 40 because I was just like, where's the rest of the song? But I feel like his voice and, like, the hard drums don't match like i love his voice i love the music but putting them together sounds like off to me like it's bringing some cognitive dissonance into my brain like i don't know why but this is wrong the bridge where the drums go away was probably my favorite part of the song because they kind of matched up in a better like tone vibe situation yeah i don't know i i i do love his voice and i do love the music i just for some reason i could not get behind them do you listen to other motion city very very small amounts okay i feel like that's very that what you just described is very like like i'm for, forgetting the word for it but like very descriptive of what they do in a lot of their songs i think mm -hmm. I, I i think i agree i think you know that is kind of like motion city's brand you know it's it's kind of it's very all over the place but you know i, I think maybe if you've listened to it's them like long startling. enough it, it works but yeah. it, like, hooks you in. Hold on, I'm looking mm -hmm. at what Motion... Because I, I know I've listened to Motion City before, but I can't think of what songs I have of them. They're one of those bands, I think, that a lot of people know a lot of their songs, but they don't know the names, they don't yeah. know, you know, and they, they don't okay. realize it's Motion City. Yeah. 
So I have uh, Commit This to Memory on in my iTunes, or I guess it's Apple Music now. Resolution is definitely standing out. I can hear it in my head while I'm looking at the name of it. Um, Commit This to Memory, I went to their um, 10-year anniversary tour for that one. And, you know, I I love Motion City, but I was never, like, a huge Motion City fan. Like, I wasn't, like, you know, like, crazy, like, fanatic about them, but... I don't know what it was about that like anniversary tour. I it was one of the few shows I've actually cried at. Wow. Yeah. So like I mean they put on an amazing live show. I think it was beginning of last year or end of twenty tw- or of twenty nineteen that um, me and my boyfriend went to go see them and he was like, wow, I would go see them again. Like that was a great show. And you, you know how he feels about pop punk. <laughs> <laughs> so I. I think the reason why I have their entire album on my computer is because when I left high school to go to college, one of my best guy friends slash exes, because that was a month-long thing that never should have happened, he lent me his entire discography of just, like, every CD he owned. So, like, bands I listened to, bands I didn't listen to, I just shoved them all into my computer being like, this is how I'm going to stay connected with my friends. I, half of them I've never actually listened to, but I I know I've listened to like two or three songs from them. So, I mean, you I, definitely know everything is all right. Oh yeah, everything's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love everything is all right. That one and um the one I named uh, Resolution are probably the two that stand mm. out most in my brain. But other than that, oh, let's get fucked up and die too. Oh, such a good one. That That's a good one. Favorites. See. Even those, I feel like his voice matches the music way better. Like, I don't know, this one was just so, I don't know. Maybe it's because I, I've i only listened to old Motion City and not any of their recent stuff, but, like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Didn't I open one of our, our shows with uh, Let's Get Fucked Up and Die? I'm pretty I sure I did. Probably. <laughs> I think I heard you saying that recently. <laughs> All right, next song that we are sharing with you for new music is called Dopamine by a band named Octopus Montage. And that's really fun to say. <laughs> I'm just very like, interesting name. currently thinking about like all of the ways that they could have come to that band name. But I um, need them on the show so we can ask them the band name question. Like I'm so intrigued by it. Is it a montage we need to know. of octopuses or octopi? Octopi? Is it octopi? Yeah. Octopi. So is it octopi? Yeah, is it Octopi watching a montage? And if so, like, what's the montage Right, of? because it was an actual montage of multiple Octopi. It would have to be Octopi montage. Because yeah. Because a montage is multiple But if you do a things. single octopus watching a montage, a montage, that would make sense. Montage. I'm very curious. Or so it's a montage of singular Octopi. Like, it's, it's one Octopi. And then that octopus what oh my god this is confusing <laughs> all right all right well anyway we just need to know please let us know <laughs> um all right so anyway they've got a new single called dopamine and i was a pretty big fan of it i had never um this was my first like foray into their music but i definitely really liked the the hard guitar and drum intro and some of the riffs that started out the song really opened it pretty strong um And I think, I mean, the message behind the song is just, like, generally really relatable, at least to me. It's, like, talking about self-doubt and trying to understand and deal with all of your emotions. And sounds like there's, like, a therapist talking or something later in the song, too, which I thought was cool. Um, Yeah, just generally, like, pretty relatable, which is always good. 
Yeah, I agree with you, Kel. Um, the the intro was amazing, and it's what drew me to the mm-hmm. song, right? Like, um, you know, I, I think the, the the music, the guitars and drums behind it, and even and yeah, like I've said before, we don't talk about bass enough. Even the bass, like, mm-hmm. it, it really made me feel the lyrics. And um, you know, there isn't any particular lyrics that stood out. Just you know, kind of an overall vibe of relatability, right. and. You guys know how there's um, two types of people when it comes to, like, your kind of internal narrative. Like, you know, some people have, like, a constant monologue in their head. Like, case in point, me, I wish I would shut up. I It's just a constant, like, hey, look at this. Oh, my God, what about this? Blah, 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 blah. Michelle, shut up. Um, <laughs> but uh, but anyway, there, <laughs> there are uh, people who have, like, an abstract nonverbal thought process, and they have to, like, consciously verbalize it. And, you know, neither person can understand how the other does it. And this is, I'm getting to my point. Um, I think my I think feelings the about the second one. Sorry. My, my, <laughs> it's fine. I think my feelings about this song is the closest I'll come to understanding, like, the abstract people. Wait, Kelly, you don't, you don't hear your own voice in your head? No, you don't, like, think maybe thoughts? that's why I enjoyed it so much. Because they're, like, talking how I, I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't really, like, talk to, I think I just, like, Maybe that's why it's so, I mean, this is like a therapy session. Maybe that's why it's so like hard sometimes for me to come to terms with my emotions and like understand what I'm feeling because I don't talk things through. I just like feel something like suddenly because I don't. Okay. Really, so like, yeah, you're through. definitely that person. Michelle and I are the opposite. We're definitely the ones yeah. like, I hear my voice inside my head being like, Brian, stop being so fucking stupid or like whatever. Like I hear my <laughs> own voice in my head. It drives me nuts. Wait. How do you how do you think? I don't understand this. Now now that we're in here, like I need to why I cry so much. Oh no, I cry all the time too. It's got nothing to do with that. Feeling. Who knows? Anyway, good song. Check it out. Yeah, absolutely. So, Kel, I definitely agree that the the um music agrees with us. No way. Shut up, you guys. Um, the guitar and the drum the drums are great. Um, they. I will say that they stay in a very, like, limited range vocally, but, like, the, the lead singer's voice is so distinct, he doesn't need to do, like, crazy range and shit. But I agree that the lyrics are super relatable, obviously, especially because, like, the I'm trying to deal with my emotions is, like, pretty standard for this genre. Like, that's kind <laughs> yeah, of a like, staple. Somehow they made it, like, they just made it so... Oh, I know. Like, normalized, I guess. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like a, ugh, I'm so emo. It's kind of like, shit happens, man. We need to this figure it out. This is just yeah, my day. This is just my day. Yeah, exactly. I completely agree. Um, I was a fan. Next new song on the agenda is the song called November by Exit, or is it The Exit? I'm not really sure. But I want to give some shout outs to some great lyrics, first of all. I was drinking rosé while you were drinking 40s is like... Mm. Mwah, chef's kiss bravo we have a true poet on our hands and i'm really not being sarcastic like i loved that so much also part two of the lyric shout out uh there's a line where they say who the hell is scott specifically they scream it towards the end of the song and i i don't care if it's true or not i am pretending that it's scotty from scotty doesn't know and you will never change my mind this is bullshit you're stealing my thunder you did well, not you know have how, that in your notes you know before how i wrote it kelly feels this is that was not in your notes before no, yes. I'm not going to lie. Um, Michelle, I'm not going to lie. I wrote it, and then I glanced up, and I saw no in caps locks. And with the question mark next to it, I'm like, oh, fuck. Michelle's going to say the same thing I did, didn't she? Yep, she did. Oh, well. Yep. Uh, Welcome to 
my life of last week's episode. Uh, I just when hear Michelle and Brianne steal literally every word out of my mouth before. Wait, I say is it, it is it good? Wait, is it good Charlotte that does Welcome to My Life? Am I crazy? Welcome no, that is simple plan. Simple plan. There it is. I <laughs> yes. had like a nine. I had like a early two thousands ninety mental block. I was like, nope, that's wrong. Oh, but I can't yeah. think of the band. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I mean, clearly, if we both thought it, it it has to. The it's reference true. has to be Scott. One hundred percent true. Um, okay, but back to the actual song. Uh, I do really love how they switch between like the twangy guitar. I don't know if twangy is a word, but we're going with it. And then there's like it's techno beats. Forced. Like it's so different, but it's stick. Like it, I rem- I can hear the song in my head, which is very rare for the new music part. Um, also, the outro was so good. Like the mini breakdown going into the outro was mwah, so good. I'm not gonna say Chef's Kiss again, but it was it was pretty sweet. I agree. Yeah, those. I think that this is kind of what I, you know. I've been talking about recently on the podcast with like um you know artists that aren't necessarily like super pop punk but they have that element this is they're they're definitely one of them with you know like what you said like those twangy guitars and the techno beats and taking like really cool elements and making it a pop punk not pop punk song and you know i i mean honestly i think those elements actually kind of turned it into a like a neon pop punk song like if it like you know it kind of gave me some like water parks and seaway vibes almost even some weezer almost um you know and uh though then like it definitely went into more of a pop punk song like in that second chorus when it went a little more into it um it, it gave me very much like neck deep vibes there like all distortions are intentional neck deep but yeah and uh yeah it was a cool song and i think i'm definitely gonna be checking out more from them yeah, same. I thought it was just a really fun song. I think, um, like, not only the little, like, electronic additions, but they did, like, a little bit of that talk singing stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I also really like. I thought that, like, worked really, really well in the song. Really awesome chorus. Like, so mm-hmm. fun. And not sure, like, what they're talking about and who Scott is. Like, whatever. Could be, could be Scott. He doesn't know. Who knows? But um, either way, I like it another band we're gonna have to have on the show and ask the serious questions who is scott who is scott i mean they asked the question first so maybe they don't even know maybe they don't know maybe it isn't scotty doesn't know but exit doesn't know oh god (sighs) well mind blown (laughs) next song is the House Where I Grew Up by Nominee. Um, and it is off of uh, the their new EP outset that they just released on January 22nd. Um, and we could have talked about the whole EP, but this song in particular was killing me because it reminds me of someone, like the vocals in particular for this song. And... It, and it, it wasn't the rest of the songs on the on the EP didn't make me feel this. So this one was driving me nuts. You know, I can't put my finger on it. Maybe it was Mayday. I don't know. It didn't really feel like it because I think Derek has a lot more power in his voice. Um, anyway, I was I wasn't a fan musically of it, but we all know why because it's a ballad. Um, though the lyrics were actually quite good. Um, but that's really my, all I had to say on the album. It was just driving me nuts, and that's why I wanted to talk about it. Um, Do you think it sounds like Death Cab for Cutie, I'll Follow You Into the Dark? Because that's, like, 
I think Maybe. so. It has a little bit of that, but it, it's there's someone's voice specifically. It's reminding me of it, and it's gonna drive me nuts forever until eternity, forever and ever, and times infinity. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Uh, well, listeners, please help us out. Go listen to it and let Michelle know who this vocalist reminds you of. Uh, so yeah, I. <sighs> I'm not going to lie, Mish, when you were, like, trying to figure out who it was, I went back and, like, re-listened to it, and while I agree with Kelly, it sounds like, uh, oh my god, Death I'm blanking. Cab. Uh, Death Cab, thank you. I also want to be completely honest, it sounds like every single wedding video that I've watched on different vendors' websites while trying to find a videographer, because, like, <laughs> the guitar riff is just, like, in every, like, licensable song. Like, cause you obviously can't use mainstream songs because they'll charge you an arm and a leg for it. But, like, I was listening to him, like, do I have it on in the background, a different tab? No? Okay. Nope, it's just this song. Uh, not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that was, like, a trigger for me because it's been hell in a handbasket finding vendors. <laughs> Anywho, uh, I will say, though, that it did hit me in the feels. It kind of reminded me of how I feel when I listen to I'll Follow You Into the Dark. Like, that song, for some reason, mm. every single time I am on the borderline or I do cry. This doesn't oh, go yeah. that mm. far, but it's, like, it, it gets me in, it gets me all warm and fuzzy inside. Yeah, it didn't uh-huh. do much for me. And most of the album really didn't. It's very, like, chill, kind of acoustic ballad-type stuff across the board. And so I was just like, bye. Oh, my God. <laughs> one of these days, one of these days, we'll get you to cry on a ballad. Hopefully. I mean, I have. Does Michelle have tear ducts? Oh, wait, no, the one song I think you mentioned about how you cried about was the one that I did a Brianna Doesn't Know to. What was it? 1970-something, every time. Oh, yeah, time. yeah. Uh-huh. And I mean... Uh, it's not even a ballad, though. That's the problem. I, I, yeah, I mean, it's kind of-ish. Uh, there's... Well, we'll we'll talk later on. There's more. We'll, we'll ballads we'll discuss. <laughs> I talk good. <laughs> sure do. I know what the history of that. Um, all right, next song... <laughs> Next new song is called Bittersweet by Anson. Hanson? No, mm-hmm. Anson. Is that right or no? Yes, it's right. Oh. I was just kidding. Did I say an age at the beginning of that? <laughs> All right. So I hadn't really heard of Anson before, um, but he is an alt-rock artist, and he's trying to bridge early 2000s emo rock with today's mainstream and I think Bittersweet does a pretty good job of just that. I quite enjoyed this song. And I feel, I just said I hadn't heard Anson, but I feel like I've heard this song before. Like, I don't know if I, it was like on, on a playlist and it was just playing in the background, something like that. And, but I mean, I think it's a little more on, it's definitely more on the alternative side, but the chorus is super catchy. He can belt it out for sure. Mm, definitely and uh, you know it's funny that you said that Kel because I definitely feel like I've heard Anson before too like I, I I don't know if it's just he's got that you know like how some people have that face that you feel like you've seen them before he just has yeah. that voice <laughs> that you think you've heard before uh, yeah I mean I, I I don't know like he what like you said when he belts it out it's it's great it almost gets like a little raspy and I love me a good rasp. So I agree. Uh, his voice does sound familiar without knowing where from. Like, I obviously don't think I've actually heard him before, but, like, it, it just, yeah, it sounds like something I've heard before. 
I, this song is definitely a toe tapper, and yes, I can say that because I am the resident grandma here. Um, I can't really describe it other than that I was like super vibing. Um, I will say when it comes to the chorus, I agree he belted out, but the whole time, like, I felt like it was heading towards a crescendo or like an apex or a climax, if you will, and then it just never materialized. (laughs) Climax. Yes, I, I was originally going to avoid that word, but I was trying to avoid the peanut gallery. Because I'm a out. child? Yes, I literally in my notes put apex instead of climax. Because I'm like, Michelle's going to make fun of me. And then it just came out anyways. And I just saw your fucking face, Michelle. Anyways. I can't help it. <laughs> lyrically, uh, this song is super relatable. Uh, you know, that whole thought process of like, my life was so good. How the fuck did I end up here? Like, it's just, like, such a good, like, and the song's just a very easily relatable. It's, you know, I can visualize that whole thought process. Mm-hmm. Are you, is, is, is this how you can uh, relate to Kelly's way of thinking? Is this your abstract song? <laughs> like, uh, like Dopamine was for me? Uh, yeah, I guess. Um, mm. I don't know. I just, I thought it, it, it made, it made sense. It didn't, I didn't have to think on it. Mm-hmm. All right, next up, we have a cover of a mainstream song. Uh, Brooklyn covered BTS's, uh, they covered Dynamite, which I actually really like the original song of this, so I like didn't know how I was going to react because we all know that I also listen to a lot of mainstream stuff. Um, but I actually really liked this cover. Like they did the original justice, but then they also turned it, I think, really well into a pop punk song. The breakdown in the middle of the second verse was just so... Good. It was like tasty. <laughs> tasty. It was so tasty. tasty. It was tasty. Nom nom nom. Yeah. I uh I think I mentioned this briefly last week when we were talking about Got You Covered Five, the cover album that was released from uh We Are Triumphant. But this was definitely my favorite off that album, and they totally made it their own and made it sound like an actual pop punk song. Like I think if I hadn't heard the original before, and I went into it. I would, I wouldn't know it was like cover of something. I would think it was pop punk song. Very impressive. Well, I I thought it was a pop punk song. I didn't know it was a cover. <laughs> Here's our testimonial. <laughs> there you go. No, I was I I obviously loved it, and you know, like um, for me, the the vocables that. Um, I think it's probably the same part that you're talking about, Brie, like during, like it was in or around the breakdown, there was these vocables with, you know, like Mm -hmm. a a drum beat, this, this, this like really drum, big drum beat. And it like, it was in the second half of the song and that just got me. Um, and you know, I don't, I don't know what this says, um, about BTS, but am I about to become a K-pop stan because of my love for pop punk? perhaps (laughs) all i'll say is uh get ready for my new podcast the k-pit um i mean i'm kidding maybe (laughs) who knows we'll have to see i don't think you're kidding dude all i have to say is that i'm very thankful that we all liked this song because bts fans you do not fuck with oh you do not fuck with them scary as shit and i love every single one of them for it but like yes we we appreciate the original but this is a good take on it it's yes. just so different. I think that's yes. the, like, they weren't trying, they're not trying to be BTS. Like, that would be pretty funny. But, like, they're not trying to be BTS. It's, like, completely, completely turned around. Um, mm-hmm. Which I think is the way to go when you're doing a cover. Yeah, definitely. Definitely make it your own when it's a cover. Yeah. 
Next song that we are going to share with you is called Honeymoon by Not My Weekend. And this is a love song. And you know I love me a love song a lot. And there's also gang vocals a few times in the chorus. And there's a bunch of na-na-na's. So, like, this is just super up my alley. Um, needless <laughs> to say, I'm into it. And it... Um, not sure if either of you listen to AJR, but it kind of reminds oh, yes. me of like a, a little bit like of a version of AJR. But the lyrics are like, I will admit, like a little bit sugary sweet, but I don't really care because I actually really enjoyed this song quite a bit. I I completely agree. Um, Slayton and I on our like, basically we've listened to YouTube so many times where there's now like a set playlist without us making a playlist where it goes from like all time low to Black Bear to uh, someone else. I forget. Oh, um post malone and then it ends up going into ajr and like just like four or five songs of each of them in a row and ajr is great but i agree they are, i feel like this is a better version of ajr because ajr is super pop mm-hmm. yeah no i i've been obsessed with ajr lately actually because um bang bang uh such a great song mm-hmm. such really a great song and uh I, you guys nailed it on the head with that like definitely a better version of ajr <laughs> When it comes to the actual song, though, uh, I was literally listening to it, and I was thinking about all the, the things that we usually talk about when it comes to songs. Gang vocals. Check. Vocables. Check. References references to the beach. Check. Happy poppy beat with a great melody. Check. This is just, like, I mean, it's not the most amazing song I've ever heard, but it's, it's, it's a solid pop punk song that will be going on to my, like, road trip slash I'm at the beach playlist. Because you can't listen to the song and, like, not be happy. Like, you just can't. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Like, it, it starts off super happy, you know, with those vocables. You know, this clearly vocables week. Uh, you know, it, it almost was, like, for me, like, a stereo skyline, the ready, set, hot, chill, ray hybrid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I... Okay, so hear me out. I think I had an affinity for it because some of the verses, like the pacing of it, kind of reminded me of Friday by Rebecca Black. Um, and no, so like oh, I used no. to, I yeah, so I used to love that song like ironically because it was just bad and we would all make fun of it. And now and I college, love it. In the we, would sto- just, we would just sing it running around campus on Friday night. Yeah, exactly. And But now I just love it because of, because of that, because we used to love it ironically. Well, now I love it unironically because of the nostalgia. And I think that this song kind of uh, gave me a little bit of that, that like just energy, I think, more than anything. Not really, it didn't sound like it musically or anything. It was just the energy and the just kind of the da 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 these things. <laughs> I don't know. It was a pos- it's a positive thing, even though it is re- Friday. <laughs> It's going to be stuck in my head for a while now, isn't it? <laughs> yep, probably. <laughs> Friday, Friday. <laughs> Gotta get down on Friday. Uh, what were the, like, really bad lyrics to that song, though? It was, like, um... There's something about uh, a bowl of cereal or something. There's also yeah. something about the front seat. Something in yeah. the front seat. And in the front seat. In the back seat. Get my friends, get in the back seat or something like that. All I have to say is, like, what was with that creepy old mm. rapper who was just, like, randomly in the video? I was like, this is a pedophile situation. Someone call their mom. Yeah. Oh, no. And then, yeah, yesterday was Thursday. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's so great. Good quality. times. Put- high quality. <laughs> 
puts me in a good mood. <laughs> Speaking of which, Fluorescence did a cover of uh, 24K Golden Mood. So this one I actually knew it was a cover because of my alternative station that I listened to. And I really dig the original. But uh, I really loved this cover. Like, like for me, the, the, the 24K Golden version is like the smoking weed version. And the fluorescence version is like the drunk version, like the alcohol version. And, you know, I say that in the best way possible because I will choose alcohol over weed every day of the week. Um, but yeah, it was, it was great. Um, and, you know, I, this cover is why I say pop punk covers are the best kind of cover out there because, you know, this made me listen to some of their other stuff and, you know, I loved it. Like, like their their song, Not Another Pop Punk Song, was kind of Chunk No, Captain Chunk-esque. And I'm like, okay, I'm sold. Give me, give me more fluorescence. I need them all. Um, and just on a side note, I don't know what it was about this cover, but it made me feel like they would crush a T-Swift cover. I don't know why, I just feel like they would. So I, so like the Dynamite cover, I really like the original of the song as well. So again, nervous, you always get interest, like when you have a thought of a song in your head, it's hard to separate the two, or at least, at the very least, compare them. I mean, we do that all the time, even just within the scene, mm -hmm. like every female vocalist compared to Haley Williams, etc. I will say, I like this version, but I do like the original better. I don't know why. I just, I don't know. I feel like the original, I feel like this one tried too much to be like the original. Like, I feel if they went even harder into it, it would have been better. But I feel mm. like what Kelly was saying about earlier about the other cover we had on, the, on our list, uh, Dynamite, is that you can't try to replicate the original. And there were times where I just felt like they were trying too hard to like stick to the original script rather than taking on their own. However, this is a good song. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just, in my brain, I can't separate the two. I just think that the second half of the cover was better than the first. Uh, the gang vocals coming in in the second half helped a lot. But yeah, I, I, I think it's a solid it's a solid song. And if you've never heard the original, then this is going to be a great song for you. I just can't get the original out of my head while I'm listening to it. Anywho, on to our next song. We have uh, A Day to Remember releasing a new single, Everything We Need. This is a, this is a, it's, it's a weird song because it starts out acoustic and I was super into it. I was like, yeah, let's hear something different. The first verse kind of becomes a little bit of a harder ballad. Or not verse, the first chorus, excuse me. Um, like the first verse is like a stereotypical, you know, slow acoustic guitar ballad. And then it goes into the chorus where they're like, ha pick up more than just the acoustic guitar. They bring in like the drums and the whatever. And... I was honestly hoping for more of an all-time low dirty laundry vibe where like they keep the low-key vibe riding until there's this, this like big crescendo and they bring in the harder stuff and it's just like a moment. Now, dirty laundry they waited way too fucking long to do it on. However, yeah, they did. <laughs> but I feel like they did, they had the right formula. They just put the wrong part where it should have, you know, climaxed Been sooner. Yeah. You're welcome, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, <laughs> I, I don't know. The buildup on the bridge was super fucking unsatisfying. Like, being a day to remember, I was hoping for some kind of real aggressive moment, like at least vocally, where he's just screaming. But no. The closest thing we got was a random yeah in the background. Now, don't get me wrong. This is light years better than Brick Wall, but it's still not up to my ADTR standards. Like, it's still not that great. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying, Brie. Like, just all around not up to a day to remember standards like you know like 
I was really hoping for that slow start to go into something a little bit more reminiscent of what we know uh, as a day to remember. And, you know, it, it is an all right ballad. I mean, like you said, the, the bridge was like unresolved. Um, but I will say in its um, in its favor that the gang vocals that followed the bridge made me forget about that rather quickly and gave me more more hope for the rest of the album even if this song isn't and if it means a lot to you or even uh you had me at hello because uh actually data remembers had some pretty solid ballads and those are two songs that make me cry see you guys ballads make me cry sometimes look at you so well-rounded i think I um i i definitely <laughs> agree with everything that that you guys said i'm definitely counting my blessings that it was better than brick wall and that like yes. we're now going heading in a better direction for your welcome and that gets me like it gets me a little more excited i think for the album to come out because i feel like every single they've released so far for the new album has been totally different from from each other like um, yeah degenerates what was the other ones mind reader resentment yep like all of those songs are so different like brick wall sounds nothing like this sounds nothing like degenerates sounds not mind reader sounds nothing like any of them so it's like gets me like intrigued for the album but also like a little confused because not sure where the creative direction of this album is going but either way i like kind of enjoyed the song but mostly uh, it's just like getting it's just getting me thinking i think is what it's doing more than anything i feel like after the song the creative direction is kind of like those splatter paint paintings where they literally just <laughs> you know, either throw a dart at balloons and the paint just falls, or they take paintbrushes and they kind of flick paint at it. They're kind of like, we'll see what fucking sticks. Or, you know, like the old school, you take the pasta out of the wall and you chuck it at the wall, and if it sticks, then it's ready. Like, I feel like that's kind of the vibe this album is giving, because there's no real rhyme reason any of this bullshit. <laughs> well, we will just have to see what uh, really comes of your welcome when it's released on March 5th, and we will be doing a track-by-track track of it, so uh, tune into the mosh pit you know, in the future. Um, we don't have enough room in the time machine for you guys, so you're just gonna have to wait all these weeks in between. So next, uh, we have a cover, another cover, um, Driver's License by Jaden. Um, it's the originals by Olivia Rodrigo. Um, so I discovered Jaden on my oft-mentioned, I just mentioned it before, alternative radio station uh, with his song Angels and Demons. And I had actually been meaning it to share it with you guys. And then I saw this song came out and I was like, oh, perfect. Didn't realize it was a cover then. Um, <laughs> thought it was his, um, you know, and uh, and while neither, you know, Angels and Demons or this driver's license is like particularly super pop punk. They both have, again, those elements of alt rock and pop punk and emo. And, you know, I think I'm really going to continue to drive this point home that we've seen with. Um, you know, um, Point North that we've seen with MGK that we've seen, um, you know, with just tons of other bands that are really innovating um, pop punk and bringing other genres into it that, you know, as much as 
I'm a little bit against it. I, I think these are the songs and artists that are going to bring the scene back into the limelight, like in our heyday. <laughs> Talk about making us sound old. <laughs> I also, so I found Jaden and his song, So What?, a few months ago and I really enjoyed it, but I didn't really, I didn't explore beyond that yet. But So What was definitely more, I think a little more on the pop punk side than um, than some of his other songs that I listened to today. But he, I also looked into him a little bit and I realized he was the first artist that Travis Barker signed to his record label back in May, mm, and he also helped produce this cover, um, which I thought was cool. I didn't honestly know that that Travis had a record label, but cool. I feel like we've actually talked about we've it, We've talked and about I, it. Did yeah. We? Very, like very. Everyone and, and their mean, mother has a record label, so I don't <laughs> recall. Do you That's have a fair. record label? Yes. Of course I do. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> we'll have Let's a last record label me. someday. <laughs> oh my god, that would be the best thing ever. Would be cool. Um, but yeah, anyway, I like his take on this cover probably more than the original just because this is much more my speed. Get it? Speed, drivers, dri- driving, driver's license. <laughs> Good job. I made a, I made a pun. You made a funny. <laughs> you made a funny. I made a, you did I made a, it. a funny. Oh, God. Okay, so I have never actually listened to the original. I didn't know it was a cover, uh, so I can't compare it. So I'm just going to take Kelly's word for it that this one is better. Um, His voice, though, reminds me of a better MGK in the verses. Now, before all you MGK fans come for me, uh, I say better only because his range, like vocally, is crazy. Like, he hit some crazy-ass high notes in the uh, choruses, and I loved it. Um, oh yeah. Also, the bridge is catchy as fuck. Like I, I mean, it, it was a great song. It was a, it was a, it was a good, it was a good one. Yeah. No. He, uh, he definitely, yeah, was a kind of astonishing in the in the things he did. He actually, you know, um, I discovered um, when I was looking at some of his stuff uh, that he was a TikTok star. Was um, he really? Yeah. Like that's kind of how I think Travis found him, and mm-hmm. so. You know, that's kind of where he came up. And um, and that's kind of, why I, th- I think, why, like, for me, driver's license made sense. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, he, he's a TikTok guy, so he's young. So, you know, driver's license, he just got it, whatever. That's why I, I didn't think anything of it. But it's by Olivia Rodrigo. And um, if, for those who aren't aware, um, she is actually best known for being one of the stars of Disney's high school musical, the musical, the series. And, um, uh, which, a uh, coincidence that we happen to be talking about this today. Um, it's actually her debut song and it was released a little, not, not too long ago. Um, and apparently, you know, I'm about to, uh, dish. So it looks like it's like a song about like her maybe ex, cause they never confirmed they were in a relationship and current co-star Joshua Bassett, who's also in high school musical the musical the series um and you know it's this whole drama involving his now maybe a girlfriend sabrina carpenter who was on the boy meets world sequel 
Girl Meets World on Disney. And anyway, long story short, there may have been overlap when he was dating Olivia. Like, you know, the song mentions a, a blonde girl, probably referring to Sabrina. And I don't know, so much young, famous people drama. And, you know, I'm glad kids today still get to be invested in celebrity relationship drama like we did back, like, you know, when the Jonas Brothers were basically dating everyone. See, I was more going to compare it to when the Britney Justin uh, relationship was happening. And they were like, you're making us sound so old now. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I will never get over that amazingly hideous all denim outfit they wore together. Like, that was so, spectacular. Nobody so can ever amazing. beat that. Couples exactly. goals. <laughs> Hashtag. Hashtag couples goals. Oh, God. No, I'm, I, that's the that's the music drama I think of is uh, Cry Me a River. And what was her song? I forget that she wrote for him. Wait, Cry Me a River was about Britney Spears? Yeah, because I she never knew wa- this. I don't ah! think I knew that either. What? Okay, I'm double checking because I'm almost positive that. Inspired by Timberlake's former relationship with the singer Britney Spears. This is also according to Wikipedia, so who the fuck knows? Well, Wikipedia is law, obviously. Obviously. Wikipedia knows all. Uh, but yeah, you know, um, typical, you know, Disney shit, right? But. As I said at the top of the episode, uh, we're going to be actually diving into some Disney because, you know, Disney and pop punk, they go hand in hand, obviously. (laughs) So I don't remember how this conversation actually got started. I don't know if it was me or if it was one of you that, uh, like, kind of saw people referencing some of, like, the Disney stars when we were, like, teenagers that... Um, we're kind of like almost pop punkish, and you know we kind of decided to talk about it because it's like, you know, Disney was kind of a gateway drug to pop punk. Uh, because it, it, it's 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 a little bit of everywhere, right? You know, like uh, there there's like um crossovers, right? Not even just like the stars themselves. Agreed. Like, uh, I I was a big fan of disney channel original movies i mean who wasn't um and i mean one of my favorites because you know i'm all about like women empowerment and stuff motocross you know the one where um the girl has her twin brother and then she pretends to be him so she can brace for him because he got injured and blah 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 um you know we talked about the juliana theory a few episodes back we're at the top of the world one of my favorite songs of theirs was in that one and uh I actually didn't know this one, but I also stopped watching Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Um, I never uh, watched it. I feel like that was beyond my time. Of oh, I remember the moment when I heard Stereo Skyline on the the Sweet Life movie. Yeah, I, I never saw the loved, movie. <laughs> you didn't Blaine see loves it? that show, no. so I'm kind of surprised that he hasn't said anything to me about this. Well, I mean, Stereo Skyline is one of those, like, super poppy, so, like, you could arguably, like say maybe he just didn't know it was pop punk because it's it could be confused it's a little poppy pop. <laughs> but they were on warp tour so it still counts yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then i mean uh the phineas and ferb theme song is performed by bowling for soup you know there's tons of that um cheaper by the dozen had a ton of pop punk songs like i mean the the like cheaper by the dozen song is i'm just a kid and life is a nightmare Yes, exactly. Yes. My voice cracks like, so hard. I feel hard. like there's just enough, like, there's, like, just enough for, like, of, like, prevalence of pop punk in the Disney scene 
for us to be talking about this. Like there's, it's like, cause every once in a while you like hear about it, but then when we like talk about it all together, it's like, there's actually like a lot of references. <laughs> there's a lot of, yeah. of cameos. I feel like there's this giant conspiracy and Brie, you're going to need to get your team on this, um, that the top execs at Disney are pop punkers. But, you know, pop punk is a little a little too edgy, a little too rebellious for Disney's brand. So they they're like do they like have like subtle indoctrination for the youths. And um you know, they, they put these pop punk songs or like semi pop punk songs. Them here and there. They, yes, and then it's like um what is it as subliminal messaging? Yeah. <laughs> well also yes. like I, I agree there probably is some kind of really intense conspiracy um with this whole thing. But <laughs> Um, it's also, like, I don't know if I'd say it was the main reason why, but even just hearing that kind of music in movies and in TV kind of got me into it, because I was from this little no-name town in western Massachusetts, like, suburbia of suburbia. Like, there's no concert venues within an hour of my house, so it's not like I was going to, you know, small-town shows and seeing this type of band. Like, it was a lot of you know, the internet and my friends and movies and TV. And so, like, especially I remember when I saw Cheaper by the Dozen and I'm Just a Kid came on, I was like, what is this? I love this song. This is a great song. And, like, that kind of started, like, one of my devolvements into the scene. So it's not only just, like, a conspiracy, but it's also just, it's it's nice to expose the, the youths to different... The youths. Yes, to, to, to different aspects of music and, you know, the like. Oh, I totally agree. I mean, for me, like, I I attribute a lot of different things to my love of pop punk. Because, okay, so let me get, let me give some background. And I'm not sure if I ever mentioned this on the podcast before. But, um, you know, I, uh, my, my family's from Argentina. And uh, I, I'm a first generation American. And so, like, most of my family is in Argentina. And so my, my parents kind of built a family here. You know, we have a lot of really close friends that to me, they're my aunts and uncles. They're my cousins. And um, so, I, you know, I had all these cousins that were around the same age as me, quote unquote cousins. And, um, and you know, obviously, like, I took my cues from them. And, you know, they grew up in these kind of, um, you know, like, they were they were a little bit more influenced not by the rock scene but you know more from like the the latin side and uh the rap side and so they they that's where i was like when i was a kid i was like super into rap because my cousins were like i would listen to like the rap music radio station because i wanted to be cool like my cousins even though you know that they would lock me in like dark rooms and like think it's funny but whatever that's that's another trauma i'll talk about with my therapist <laughs> but that you know so i i was never really at first introduced to that but you know there were other things that came in and uh brought my attention to it like you know my seventh grade music teacher that played my chem and you know the boys in like my neighborhood gang that um introduced me to blink and you know uh for me I think another one of those things was the band Pink Slip from Freaky Friday that oh, yeah. definitely influenced <laughs> me too. Forgot like, it. Uh, I forgot uh, I wanted to just be her. 
Lindsay Lohan absolutely oh. yes her hair was so cool like I wanted to be her and like that that outfit I think the in the first scene where she goes to school where um like where she's wearing like those low rise like baggy military like pants with the with the shirt that she turns inside out and like and then her like hair with the blonde and the red streaks and she's just so cool and I'm like I want to be her and then you know they she has her band and they they play that song the ultimate and like so pop punk fucking love that shit <laughs> so good I mean Lindsay Lohan was just one of the Disney stars that dabbled in the pop punk scene like I think I like the word dabbled is like the perfect word for that because none of them ever went full on pop punk like they all I think they yeah. all wanted to but they were all scared shitless that so they wouldn't make any yeah. money so they were like okay I guess I'll go mainstream but uh I think the biggest one of the biggest ones for well there's two really big ones but uh the biggest one that we've actually talked about on this show before is Demi Lovato you know, she started off as a Disney Channel kid, you know, went mostly the pop route, but every once in a while has dabbled back. Specifically, like we've talked about, Monsters with All-Time Low, the new, co- the new um, feature they did. She's on it. Uh, she did a pop-punk version of her own song, I Love Me. Which was absolutely killer. It's that so good. is fire. Agreed. <laughs> uh, and also, I think where her, like, transition or her, like, interest for that kind of genre might have come into play was camp rock i don't know i've never actually seen the movie i just know that she was in it you haven't seen camp rock also brianne you're coming first not high school musical and brianne i swear the next time i'm seeing you we're having a major disney marathon and i don't care i'm forcing you to sit down do you not remember what we did the last time we were together in jersey we drank a 12-pack of stella and watched like four random ass disney movies including brother bear um brave tank Prince- princess and the yeah. frog because i remember we cried over evangeline because we yes. were drunk oh evangeline <laughs> <laughs> right i forgot we had our own uh, disney marathon we did it was yes, a random that movie that i had never seen and you were angry at me for never seeing so i feel like this is a theme in our friendship round two we're ready for round two <laughs> ready for it <laughs> Oh, God. Anywho, so, yeah, I feel like that was, you know, I someone who's actually seen the movie can comment on whether or not Camp Rock was, like, that vibe. But I feel like just based on the name and what they wore kind of makes sense. Oh, man, yeah. I mean, it definitely had, like, the vibe. It was, it, and, it was you know, Jonas edgy. Brothers. Yeah, Jonas Brothers were also in it. And, you know, Jonas Brothers were all, was another group that ha- had the opportunity to go pop punk, which, by the way, I just want to brag a little. Did you guys know that Jonas Brothers are from New Jersey? Yes. No. Okay. Well, okay. I don't know. I, I feel I like not care. everybody knows that. I I don't always know where people are from. I always get surprised when someone's from New Jersey, and someone is always from New Jersey because we just, you know, I know create great people. Way too many facts about the Jonas Brothers, so like we don't have to get into that right now. <laughs> But yeah, like, you know, I I remember when I was first getting into pop punk, like, uh, you know, like when I'd go to the mall with my friends and we'd go to Hot Topic or PacSun and they'd play like music videos on the TVs. I remember um, like, you know, there was like Flyleaf and Evanescence and Paramore and Jonas Brothers was there because their It's About Time album had a little bit of a, it was a little bit still on the pop side, but it had like a little edge. It had a little rock and, you know, like they definitely could have gotten that direction if Disney hadn't gotten a hold of them. 
And so, you know, as, as much as Disney is, all, is like a gateway, it's also like an obstacle. <laughs> well, someone who True. rebelled real hard against the Disney vibe was Miley Cyrus. Mm. I mean, she she had a couple of songs when she was, you know, Hannah Montana. I mean, obviously not that young, but that, you know, when she was actually on Disney. Seven Things I Hate About You. It's not actually the name of the song, it's just Seven Things. But uh, that song gets a little, like, you know, a little rocky at the end. And then... Yeah, a little angsty, like... Oh, so angsty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, obviously she went off hard rebelling against Disney. She still did stay in, like, the mainstream vibe. But she recently just actually released a new album that's, like, rock a, a rock album. Fantastic. It is wonderful. Plastic Hearts, if you haven't listened to it yet, go do that. She's so she the yeah. one that's like all over the map. Like she start like some of the some of those first songs, like Seven Things, Start All Over, did totally have like a little bit of rock and pop punk vibes and like angsty teenness. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then immediate like like pivot Party to completely like mainstream pop. And then now like who knows what she's gonna do next? Like. Yeah, she's definitely one that's been, like, kind of super experimental. And, you know, she has come full circle and with this new rock album. Like, I mean, Joan Jett is featured. Like, come on. It's insane, first of all, the fact that she was able to get Joan Jett on the album. But, like, not only I mean, it's not surprising. I mean, it's not surprising just because Miley's Miley. But, like, it's still fucking awesome. Yeah. True. And so another, another Disney star, Hilary Duff. Her album, Queen. Come Clean. Or no, what was... No, the song. It was just a song. Oh, Metamorphosis was the whole album. But, like, Come Clean was, like, the most of all of them. It, it definitely was. And I... Can I... That album is just, like, absolutely amazing. It's, like, one of the ones that, like, I kept my actual CD. Like, the cover is all, like, cracked. And the, the pages of, like, the <laughs> insert are, like, so worn. Because I would just, like, sit there and read the lyrics all the time like the true emo girl that I am and um just yeah come clean I think off that album was had like a little bit of like pop punkiness yeah yeah it was definitely and you know that was like I think that was post Lizzie right yeah it was post Lizzie. yeah and you know I mean Lizzie you know for her doing like that character not, not even for so long because I think what was it like three seasons or something like that but she did that character enough where in in you know her like formative years where it, I'm sure it had an impact and Lizzie was an outsider you know and that's who we all are on the inside right even as we've grown up we're all outsiders and um, Lizzie was like I mean this may be a stretch here but you know her her fashion was super like eclectic and you know i wouldn't call it exactly punk or emo but maybe you could almost qualify as like 90s scene and <laughs> and you know i think you know i think that that character had an influence on hillary's music coming out um like in metamorphosis come clean and everything i appreciate that uh description mish uh 90s scene <laughs> is definitely something i want to classify things as now but I mean, what else could you describe it as like 90s scene, right? Like, because it was just like, because it was definitely like out there. I mean, maybe Miranda was a little bit more Ooh, 90s yeah. scene than yeah, with the, like, like the colorful like hair scrunchies and like oh, she was it. wearing like the plaid pants. Yeah. And like, yeah. 
totally Miranda, I think. And so Hillary took influence from Miranda. Let's say that. <laughs> yes. Um, and then on top of it, after, I, I don't know if it was after Metamorphosis or in between Lizzie and Metamorphosis, but Hillary Duff came out with that movie, Raise Your Voice, which is like oh. the uh. most emo. That was like one of the first movies you saw as a kid where like your heart just gets ripped out at the very beginning. I still Her- cry yes. so I for those Me too. Of you, I need to watch that right now. I know. <laughs> I would watch, yeah. Ooh. wonder so, if it's on Disney+. Plus. Maybe. Sorry. It's okay. Um, I need to cry. I need a good cry. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know the movie, um, Raise Your Voice is about, I, I don't remember their names, so I'm going to go with Hilary Duff. It plays this girl, and her and her brother want to go see a band, and they sneak out of their house, and they get into a car accident on their way home from the show, and her brother dies. Fun fact, crossover, the band they sneak out to see is Three Days Grace. Boom. Boom. But uh, then she wants to go to this, like, music camp, and she gets in, so she's at this, like, music camp the whole time, and she was, like, super emo and, like, not being able to function because her brother, like, was the reason she got in. It was this whole thing. It's super sad and emo, and, yes, I cry a lot, too, during it. But uh, she, that's when, um, I'm pretty sure, actually, was that the movie where come clean was in maybe i'm crazy i don't know either way no maybe no i don't don't think so there was there's one song that like plays in the credits oh fly oh yeah yeah Mm -hmm. what about what what um let me start that again what was so yesterday and i feel like so yesterday was in something and that that's definitely more popish but it definitely has like the emo vibe so yesterday yeah yeah it was in... Wait, it's considered pop rock. Can we talk about that real quick? Really? Oh. <laughs> if you go on, if you go on Wikipedia, so yesterday is con- is classified as pop rock. Huh. Interesting. Huh. Interesting. And I mean, it, it definitely has like you know, it's it's getting over a breakup with her boyfriend. That's very in line with the pop punk scene and themes. According to Wikipedia, critics called it very similar to Avril Lavigne's work. What? I don't know. Oh. I don't know how I feel about that, but I, I mean, mean, that's. I feel like. I feel like that's a stretch. <laughs> yeah. Either way, uh, you know, Hillary Duff has had some angsty shit in her past. She's also had some angsty, you know, like you know, kind of shitty things happen throughout her life. Like her, her, she had a divorce. She was, you know, she's had a couple things go mm. wrong. But she, I mean, she's living her life now, having grand old time. She was in a couple TV shows, and now. Um, she was going to do the Lizzie McGuire re- reboot and that got canceled. No, I'm super upset about it. That's fair. But, um, another big mainstream person that we completely kind of glossed over, which I think tied more into the Demi side of things, cause they were in the same era and weren't they rivals at one point? Like besties. No, they were besties. Oh, okay. For some reason I thought they were Are you talking about frenemies. Selena. Yeah, Selena. No, they were besties. Yeah, they were friends. Oh, okay, I forget. I forget who was friends with who. But yeah, um, so yeah, because they um they did um I th- I want to say they did like Mickey Mouse Club together or something like that. Probably. Either way, uh, Selena Gomez has also dabbled in the pop punk realm. Actually, she might have gone. I mean, up until Demi's crossovers with All Time Low, um, she might have actually done the most pop punk vibe thing by being featured on Forever the Sickest Kids track. Whoa. They have two re- versions of it. Which is, like, their their song. It's, like, yeah. their, like, go-to song when you think of Forever the Sickest Kids. Yes, it's, like, their big track. It's kind of like Dear Maria with All Time Low. Like, you cannot associate one without the other. 
So the fact that they did a second version with her featured on it is just insane. So, I mean, that... Yeah, and I, I, I love that version. It's great. I, I do, too. And, you know, Selena's another one that, like, you know, as much as she did, like, acting on Disney, she also went the music route, like Miley and, like, Demi. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I gotta say, like, a lot of her songs, yeah, they're... Um, pop and whatnot, but th I definitely think there's some undertones that uh, remain of her interest in this scene for sure. Pop punk <laughs> sticks with you. It just it always you sticks everywhere. with you. I mean, if you really think about it, pop punk in theory, if you really want to make a stretch, can be connected to any genre just because it's like a super emotional, super like everyone hates me. I love this person and they don't love me back. Like most songs are about those topics, so you can make a very very thin argument. <laughs> that it could connect to any genre but except maybe country it's very true ah! <laughs> um i feel See, like okay taylor swift has made the transition from you know country to pop now to like folk music i need her to put out a pop punk album like now <gasps> <gasps> whoa Can that you would imagine? be cool. wild i mean imagine. i we've heard i mean i said it before we've heard some pretty good t-swift pop punk covers like i uh which one was my favorite i prevails um i prevail did a cover which was actually a little bit more metalcore probably of um uh dun, 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 dun. you were trouble when you walked in oh, that trouble. one yeah trouble <laughs> i was like i, I couldn't fucking remember the words i was I like you ah. were trouble when you walked in yeah. yeah yeah they did a, a cover of that and it was phenomenal so yeah i could totally see t swift doing a pop punk album let's uh make it happen let's uh storm her socials mm, storm <laughs> there have been a ton of pop punk bands covering disney songs too which is another yeah. whole part of this like there's so the pop the pop the pop punkers clearly love the disney it's a there mutual it I think it's a two-way, yeah, definitely a two-way street, I think. For sure. Um, there's tons, yeah, there's tons of pop-punk covers of Disney songs, and they're pretty good. Like, obviously, we talked about a lot of covers on today's episode, um, <laughs> and pop-punk covers are just the best kind of covers, so pretty sweet. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, we know Newfound Glory did one. They did um, a Frozen cover, Let It Go, Um and then, I mean... And Panic uh, at the Disco the, did uh, Into the Unknown. Yeah, that was just them. Yeah. <laughs> well, just, him. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, Bowling for Soup did a cover of The Bare Necessities. Like, throwback. Oh, I, oh I've, I've heard that, that one. It's so good. Um, and then there's uh, this one YouTuber who I came across ages ago. And... Um, while we were, like, getting prepped for this episode, we came across this um, playlist, and he was on it. And I was like, oh, my God, Jonathan Young! And I, um, we all know I, I fall in love with people, like, for five minutes because I, I love listening to them sing. Um, but I was obsessed with his Disney covers because they were phenomenal. Like, he, like Kelly said, pop punk covers are the best covers and I'm a huge Disney fan. Like, I used to, in college, get fucked up and then, like, have Disney Jam sessions oh, <laughs> back at. Yeah. And uh, so, like, you know, I'm going to sing you a Disney song. And 
so like that that was just i was so happy to see that um i think like after this episode i'm gonna go listen to some disney pop punk covers now (laughs) quick quick thing uh fall out boy apparently did want to be like you from the jungle book as well oh boy we're gonna have to make covers i think we're gonna have to make our own playlist for our fans out there i concur yeah now now we've uh you know we've joked this whole episode about being old and stuff you know and because we're making references to you know disney 10 years ago and how that's gotten to us where we are now doing a pop punk podcast but i wonder if there are still those connections these days you know um like if there's uh, you know, a pop punk band doing, uh, you know, a song in a Disney movie or this and that and the other thing. Um, so for our younger fans out there that are uh, up on the Disney scene, <laughs> let us know at the Mosh Pit Pod on Facebook and Instagram if, you know, Disney has influenced, cur- like current Disney has influenced your pop punkiness. And we'd love to hear from all our other fans that um, whether oh, songs we missed, yeah, the songs we missed, whether Disney has had an influence on your love of pop punk, because I am certain of it. I'm gonna here's here's uh, my ratio. I think six times out of ten, it's at least a partial influence. That is my my scientific data. Hundred <laughs> percent of the time, it works. Sixty percent of the time? Question mark. Yes. <laughs> Time to go watch some Disney movies. Okay, bye. Yeah, so keep an eye out for our Disney playlist. And until next time, hashtag Mosh on.